During college, I was working toward a dual degree in English and math with an emphasis on creative writing. My brain is weird. My English advisor was a man named Brent Spencer, who was very adamant about how you wrote and told stories. And he expected you to relate the story back to your childhood in some fashion. He sat with me after many classes to help me work on my storytelling, advising me once to stop writing about superficial things and really dig into what I knew. Not bad advice, but I remember being so stubborn about not digging up the past that I almost quit the coursework. Of course, I didn't, and I wouldn't be where I am today without him pushing me like that, but it turns out we were both right. He was right in that stories couldn't be superficial and needed to mean something to the author and to the audience. And I was right in that you can be a great storyteller without digging up or creating drama or trauma. We'll discuss how this relates to business and the work you do in telling stories to help reach an organization's goals on this week's episode of the Spin Sucks podcast. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. A Fast Company article about storytelling talks about how to use curiosity to tell your story. They relay two examples that I'm going to share directly from the article. Quote, journalist and author Elizabeth Gilbert recounts how after her fourth book, Eat, Pray, Love, sold 12 million copies, she set to work on another memoir. But when she finished, she concluded, truly, the book was crap. Worse, I couldn't figure out why it was crap. Moreover, it was due at the publisher, and I had absolutely no passion for writing. I was charred and dry. This was terrifyingly disorienting. A friend advised, take a break. Don't worry about following your passion for a while. Just follow your curiosity instead. Gilbert admits she was curious about gardening, not passionate, just curious. And so she spent the next six months planting vegetables. I was pulling up the spent tomato vines when suddenly, out of nowhere, I realized exactly how to fix my book. I washed my hands, returned to my desk, and within three months, I'd completed the final version of Committed, a book that I now love. Curiosity is indeed a tiny whisper that we hear when we pay attention and that grows stronger when we follow it. Paul Smith grew up dreaming about and preparing to become a professional cyclist. I like Paul Smith, but when a biking accident put him in the hospital for six months, terrible. I do not like to hear that. He had to change course. He began to get curious about clothes and when out of the hospital, he took a class on tailoring clothes. That led to a job on Seville Road and then to opening his own small store, a mere 30 square feet. Today, he's an internationally recognized designer with stores all over the world. End quote. This is not to say you should start dabbling in what you're curious about and change careers entirely. Instead, it's a great reminder to just get away from the computer when you're stuck or a story isn't unfolding the way you would like. There are a few ways you can do this. Take a break. Walk away from your computer and take the dog for a walk or jump on the Peloton or have a dance break. We like just dance in our house. Sometimes even taking a shower helps, assuming you jumped right onto your laptop and you're still sitting in your PJs. Get in the shower, you monster. The point is, get away from your computer. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's the best way to unstick your brain, as Elizabeth Gilbert and Paul Smith proved. Another tactic is to turn off all distractions. I don't have Slack, text, or emails set up on my laptop, so I use that when I need to write or do deep work that requires me to concentrate. Okay, sure, I can access email, Slack, and social media via the internet, but I don't have the constant notifications coming at me, so I'm not interrupted. 
it makes it a lot easier to develop stories that way. In just a few minutes, I'll be back to talk you through how to develop a story for a brand, a product, a thought leader, or an organization. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. Okay, now that we know we don't need to leave with conflict or trauma or drama, and that curiosity and getting away from your dust can spark ideas, let's talk about some specifics in telling the story of what's coming out of your organization. First, I am a massive believer in reading fiction to improve our storytelling skills. I suppose some of that comes from burying my nose in a book from the moment I could read and hiding in the stairwell in the dorms, so I could read. But even without that, I contend that watching Netflix or reading nonfiction is not the same. Let's talk through some of the things you can learn from reading fiction that will help you become a better storyteller. Number one, imagine a fictional future. This is a fun exercise to do with your colleagues and especially fun to get the executives on board. Schedule a 30-minute conversation to imagine what the future looks like for the company. Think about the kinds of products you've launched, the major competitor you've taken down or acquired, the team members you've added, the dream customers you've added, and more. The sky is the limit. Or as I tell my small one all the time, the world is your oyster. Use this time to start to break boundaries about what the future might look like. If you find you're all getting stuck, think about the things you don't want. You don't want to go bankrupt. You don't want to have an economic crisis put you out of business. You don't want to be bought by a competitor. Or maybe that is something you do want. The point is to dream big. So imagine the fictional future is number one. Number two is focus on solutions versus specific outcomes. For the longest time, when people asked me what I wanted out of life, I would say, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but this is what I would say, to sit in the corner office, make six figures, and have a BMW. For real. I was a bit money hungry and naive. Guess what? I hit all three of those outcomes. And then I sat at my desk and thought, now what? My goals today are a lot less, shall we say, flashy, but also those goals weren't focused on my values and they didn't help me grow an organization. Imagine if I told you in a new business meeting that we were focused on making money and driving BMWs. You'd run the other direction. Not a great or selfless story to tell. Instead, focus on the values of the organization, culture, team-driven, loyalty, integrity, honesty, passion, accountability, and more. Infuse your story with words such as help, inspire, shape, and change, rather than lists of achievements. And then number three is develop a narrative. 
no one cares about your mission statement. I'd venture to guess not even the employees can recite your mission statement. That's not to say you don't need one, but don't lead with it. Instead, start with a narrative. The brand story should be about who the business is and the future you are working to create. The CEO of Patagonia just gave away his company to fight climate change. That's far more powerful than a vague mission statement about fighting climate change. Now it's time to get to work. This is not a once and done process. You have to work it. We like to do this quarterly with ourselves and with our clients. And every time there's something new to announce, such as a new product launch or a new campaign, it takes some practice and some people will be hard to track down at the start. But with some consistency, people will begin to look forward to those meetings and you'll develop an incredibly enticing story to tell. If you're not already part of the SpinSucks community and you'd love to talk about storytelling and many other things that communicators are faced with, come hang out with us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. It's a community full of crazy smart professionals. It's free. It's fun. It's smart. And you might just learn a thing or two from your peers. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 